Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside. I'm Dr. Adam Grise. And I'm Laura Grise. Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide magic seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Okay, we are back. Magic seeds. Magic seeds. What are we talking about today, Carl? I have no idea. We are talking about the potion of poison. The potion of poison. Yes, in relationships. And we've seen how so many relationships and the more we talk about what we're talking about here and the more that people come to us and are like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden people, maybe you feel safe talking about this stuff. And the conversation really does always start that way. It's, hey, I feel like this is a safe place. I already know what people are, you know, I already, I can see it on their face. Let me tell you this what you're about safe- to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe place, right? Safe space. So yes, the things in a relationship that are unspoken and between a couple and we all know they go on. We're all aware that this stuff is going on, but we don't want to talk about it because we're so scared of the result, what's going to happen. Yeah. I think there's two main ingredients or avenues for poisoning a relationship. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, maybe three. Okay. One is kind of we've spoken about so far, which is just not allowing stuff to die out, not releasing, right? Like even, again, a tree full of amazing apples, if they go unpicked, uneaten, they turn rotten. I know, but we've spoken about for so much. We have other parts of poison in the potion for us that we're kind of discovering and uncovering. For you and I. For you and I. Uh But up to this point, we've been speaking about how even when it seems good, right? You're on autopilot. (laughs) Right. And you hear, especially like parents too, like uh, couples that are parents, there's so much attention and focus on children and providing financial support that you just go on this autopilot. But you'd like, we're doing good. We're kind of ham and egg in it. Each of us is doing our part. Right. We're coming together to solve problems. There's a sneaky little sniper in there though. It's like a sly fox. Well, that's the point. I'm saying you lose the actual connection. And so after a while, even something that was good becomes bad, not because it was really bad to begin with. It's because you didn't let go of everything when it was time to let go and let it renew itself. But also there's no awareness around it. I think that's why it happens, right? right? You just are on autopilot. You're just doing your thing. You're so pulled in naturally as we should be pulled into our lives. I don't think the issue is that we get pulled into our lives. It's that we don't disconnect to come back home and be able to get some space and separation and some perspective so we can make adjustments. I don't know. I feel like I'm really, really good with that. When I go out and I go off my runs or my bike rides or do yoga. That's on small scale. That's like Mm -hmm. me throwing away a banana peel after I've eaten it versus doing a whole house cleaning, right? There's just a different level. Or doing a house cleaning. (laughs) We can live in a fantasy (laughs) world where I do that. You're throwing away a banana peel. (laughs) Says when? Uh, Ciara, you left your banana peel. Dad, I didn't need a banana peel. Yes, you did. Just tell mom you did. I can't take this one. Uh, Right. No, I mean, that's the point. Even when you said you would go to Pennsylvania, New York in the summer times, and we would get a month to just separate and get some space. But even though that was helping on a minor level of reset, there were some bigger dynamics in play that weren't getting reset, right? Right. We'd come back and there would be this superficial reset, which felt good. But the way that we were engaged on bigger scale level, or, like intimacy 
and how we're raising the kids and how we're divvying up responsibilities. That stuff just went right back. And all of a sudden, now it's been years before that's been let go of. Right. So we've kind of exhausted that. We're basically the need to let things die so you can let there be new regrowth because otherwise things that were good can become poisonous. Like an apple that rots. Now right. you don't want to eat it anymore. Right. So there's that level that adds poison into the potion of a relationship. But there's also on the front end when you're actually coming together and deciding how you're going to relate and what you're doing and how the interaction goes, where you start compromising individuality, well, individual needs mm-hmm. and wants in effort to keep things copacetic. I was just going to say, I always come back to people having a voice or not having a voice. Do you have a voice? For me, I'm checking in. Do you still have your voice? And it's very easy in a relationship or in a marriage that's just going on and on for years to really lose your voice. It used to be, I mean, you and I came together really late in life. And so it was very easy for both of us to have a strong voice individually in our lives. But then once you come together, it is very easy for that voice to become weakened for fear of the result or how the person's going to react or for fear of just, you know, that movie, Mel Gibson, what what is it called? Women think. And he could hear all their thoughts. Uh I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you ever think about that? Like, wow, if people could ever hear my thoughts, like, and then I think, wow, I wouldn't want to hear other people's thoughts, like, because people are crazy. So, (laughs) or our minds are crazy. Our minds are really crazy. Well, one time my brother said, you ever sit there at a stoplight, someone's crossing and you just think, what if I just hit the gas right now? I have I'm these not thoughts all the time. Any names, but I definitely know which brother you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those thoughts are for you because your mind goes a little crazy. It's not for everybody. There's a reason why we can have our thoughts in yeah, it because stays, our thoughts are not. It's not the real. They're just real. like everything is. It's like, like reading a book. It's like an idea. It's a suggestion, and right. you take what you want. So your mind can come up with some crazy suggestion. That's nothing you're going to incorporate, implement, right. plant, and so why you don't want to put it out there? Like it's done. It was a one and done thought. And I'm not <laughs> right. giving anything to this. But when a thought doesn't go away, I was just going to say the same. When thing. it's coming right. from within, so you try to push it down, but it's still there. There's a want, a desire an expression that needs to come out. But then how do you know? So I'm just thinking about myself and that thought, there was a thought that was always coming in, but, and I do this all the time in life in general. When I was young, it was actually process things and think about things. But what if you have this thought all the time, but you don't know to bring it to awareness? Like when does that come into awareness or how do you bring it to awareness? What happens if you have a thought that as soon as you think it, even honoring it threatens the homeostasis of your relationship? Well, there are a lot of those in marriage because we've all been taught that marriage needs to go exactly X, Y, and Z. And there is nothing outside of X, Y, and Z. It's so exclusive. It's so like... It's archaic. Take out all these things and you have a chance at being safe. Right. It's the classic playing not to lose. It's like the rules were invented in 1600s. Like, have they evolved? The rules in marriage evolved. There's different. I always hear about like in Europe, they have different... ways of okay have the american roles evolved the american as far as i know and i wish we had someone here that was a little more of a historian i know the whole puritanical evolvement like the puritanical seeds it's puritanical yeah but i mean a lot of people live their lives it's like if i play it safe it's like they're playing again they're playing not to lose like i don't want to screw things up and i'm willing to compromise true freedom i'm willing to compromise expression it's Mm. just freedom of expression because i don't red flag for you and i it's a red flag (laughs) 
crap, <laughs> right? We can't do we it. We do that. But then if you want to say, okay, we want freedom. I want to be able to say what's on my mind, not just the crazy thoughts that are fleeting that I don't want to build upon, but the ones that don't go away, the ones that are really true to me, right. but are not aligned with our agreement. I'm not allowed to challenge you on mm-hmm. your body because you're too insecure about your body. I'm are not saying being... that's a thing. Okay. <laughs> this saying, is my chance to finally what? let you know. What? I can't stand it. <laughs> Right? There are just some things. At first, you don't say those things maybe you because you're like- You me on not shaving 24 hours a day. But no, go ahead. Basically, I think a lot of times things stop getting said or never come to the surface, not even because there's so much a fear at first. It's almost like, hey, I want to protect that other person, right? Like, I don't want to poke that bear. Like that person has an insecurity that they can't handle that. So why in God's name? And you know what? I'm fine. Like this is one thing and it's not a big deal. And is it worth it? Is it worth it to bring this out and what the results could be or... Am I just fine living my life? Right. Is that happiness? Is that true happiness? Not to have a voice about the thing in the beginning, it's fine because there's so much extra fire. There's so much extra good stuff going on in a relationship. Oh, the beginning of a relationship. Right. The first few cycles. It's kind of false. It's not false. (laughs) It's just not at the depth that you ultimately want to get to. But you need to start there. It's kind of like, what's the app that you swipe the dating app? Like Tinder. Yeah, Tinder. Right. I am a fossil. I don't even (laughs) know what that is. But sure, you have your profile. Like, you look great. My profile is great. Meet. That's the beginning. I mean, you're not going to meet being like, what's your deepest, darkest fear? I don't understand why everybody's running away. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to me dating. I cannot have a superficial conversation (laughs) after two seconds. Like, yeah, you're not fun. You're challenging my daddy issues. You're a little intense (laughs) for me. So Stop looking at me so intensely. You're scaring me. Blink. But seriously, you're supposed to start superficial, right? You start at the peripheral levels and you work your way inwards, Mm -hmm. right? But in that peripheral time, it's not fake, but it is full of so much because you haven't sunk deeper. So it's just all on the surface. There's so much goodness. There's so much light. There's so much chemistry that's on the surface. But there's also so much mystery. It's That's so exciting. exciting. It's intoxicating. Like, I don't know this person. I'm going right, to get to You're exploring. So I'm willing if I explore right. and lift up a rock and it's like, ooh, that's a little insecurity. I don't give a Let's shit. Let's put that rock back There's down. like a thousand <laughs> other rocks to explore. I'm not giving anything up at this point right. to not bring that rock to the But forefront. that rock needs to be overturned. Maybe, maybe not. At some point down well, the line. Yeah, it's there some things that are. of poison. Well, there are some things that are are benign. It's just a thing and someone was just going through a phase and then they get over it, right? We all mature, hopefully. Well, then how about the boulder? How about flipping over the boulder? Right. And that's another thing too. Sometimes you flip something over and you're like, maybe the person will grow out of this. I don't need to bring this in. I don't want to be the one who stirs this and I'm going to be like in the fun, the firing squad. Yeah, but that's why you had us go do a deep meditation before we even got engaged. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so those folders could be turned over. We wanted to get at... rid of as many as possible. Yeah, right. And it's an ongoing process. It was genius, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. And that's why you did the plant medicine and I'm going to do the plant medicine again. It's because it's my responsibility to get rid of mine. I can't wait for you to be like, Adam, you're too much like this or you're not enough that like I need to do that. Even if you bring it to my attention, it has to be something that I say I want to move past. I don't want something limiting my ability to grow and grow deeper into a relationship with myself and with another. But even if I'm saying, Adam, you're too much this, it's my own stuff. There's always two sides. (laughs) We spent the first six months of our relationship going back and forth. We were just like, you're this, you're that. I'm like, you're so insecure. You're like, no, you have a need for attention. 
I'm like, no, that's your insecurity. And we went back and forth and each time made sure, like, I'll work on my, listen, Laura, I'll honor what you're saying. I'll look into myself, but you look into what I'm saying. There's the finger. The hand. The hand, the circle. No, you can't see what we're doing right now. But when Adam feels like it's all my stuff, he puts his palms out, fingers out, and he makes this circular motion, but like to my face. Like we're not necessarily near each other, but it's like, this is your stuff. Don't let it come into my aura. (laughs) Every relationship has that where it's one partner thinks this is the other partner's issue. Oh, it's her insecurity. It's his anxiety. It's her over-controlling nature. It's his aloofness, whatever. It's But like you said, it's always two sides to it. And there's always room for growth, no matter who we are. So we are each other's best teacher. Right. If you're willing to look at yourself as having deficits, faults, disconnects. Actually, the best teachers are actually the ones we don't like. Those are actually the best right. teachers in life, They're right? They're poking the bear the biggest. Yeah, big time. Right. Let's okay, get back. Move on. What are we even talking about? I don't know. We never do. So anyway. Ocean of poison. Yeah. So basically, at this point, we've let you guys jump into our lives and we've given you some background where we were at kind of right in real time and what we were doing and letting our marriage die. And can we please talk about... I did interrupt you. Yeah. Because I'm trying to follow the rules. Can we please talk about that looks like in a relationship? You know, how does it show up? How does potion of poison show up? I literally didn't even say potion of poison. You just go, take it. No. Ribbit. How can I talk? Come on, go ahead. I'm asking you, what does it look like? How does it show up in a relationship? To clarify, yeah. this potion of poison that we're talking about, like instead of just letting your marriage die, when you come back into the marriage and you are setting up the infrastructure, the blueprint of the dynamic, when you decide to do root systems, start intertwining to have a unified growth. I'm telling you what the name is. What's the name? I think inosculation. Cool. Possible. It's way out of my actual realm. They come together and they connect, intertwine, yeah. and they kind of share a system at that point. Totes. Right. But basically... At that point, it's one thing to poison yourself. And we all do that anyway, right? We have dysfunctional relationship with ourselves. We sabotage our lives. We we do things because we're, we don't even realize it. We're spending our time chasing an outcome, chasing a feeling or running away from an outcome or running away from a feeling. And because of it, we stop moving forward for what we're trying to create in our lives. When you become conjoined in a way and you have a marriage, basically now you're both adding ingredients into this potion and it becomes a potion of poison that if you start doing it and it could be again you're doing things kind of in a benign way i don't want to hurt someone's feelings but when you stop expressing yourself this potion instead of it a relationship blowing up right away it slowly eats away at the root system of a relationship slowly and it's eroded the foundation and then it's going to fall apart anyway carbon monoxide poisoning right right? Uh it's like a silent killer and people are almost happier with a silent killer of a relationship than disrupting the foundation and agitating the foundation in order to let it actually find a new stabilization point. But it is disrupting the foundation slowly. But it's almost like that's more comfortable. It's like the person who wants to tiptoe into the pool versus jump right in. But the problem with Hmm, the tiptoe thing, that's me. But the problem with that is you're going towards something there. This is a slow drip killing something. Yeah. And so let's talk about the moles in our foundation. The moles. Yeah, they do that, don't they? You like that one. They do, don't they? I think. That's what we have cats for, to kill off the moles, because they slowly eat away at our foundation in our house. I thought we just liked being ignored by things we love to. (laughs) (laughs) Snooty cats. 
we wanted to point out what those ingredients are of that potion of poison in a relationship. Instead of going unconsciously through your relationships where we think we're doing it the right way. We think, oh, we're fine, we're good. When if you really stop to think about it, you might see some warning signs right. that you are slowly poisoning the relationship. And if you can see, if you can extrapolate that and see where it goes, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This then isn't- it won't be like a bomb, right? It'll be like, you start to come into some kind of awareness. That's what well, I'm saying. Like instead of having that bomb in your face, how can you get ahead of it, be preemptive about this? I mean, that's the point <clears> though. <throat> it's the bomb that you're talking about is something that's futuristic at that point. You're like, ah, whatever. This is no big deal. There's no pressing like threat. There's no imminent danger. So no one is going to say, oh, let me disrupt something now. Let me consciously create. It's like blowing up a building. We're going to plan how to blow it up and let it implode on itself. We do it in a safe way right. versus letting it fall down and killing hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. It's saying, are you willing to let something implode in a way that you consciously construct it that may give you a chance to rebuild it and it may be good? And it or, may not. And it may not. That's what's That's, so scary. Right. Like, so most people hold hands and jump in. Most people are going to say, you know what? There's no guarantee it's going to explode in the future. And unless you knew, oh my God, I am poisoning the roots. Oh my God, this I see where this ends. Unless you really tied it directly to the explosion that's going to happen at the end, how it comes out sideways and there's so much more collateral damage to the relationship and your lives. Unless you see that, you're going to kick the can down the road. Everyone does, right? right? Wow, I don't want to do it today. I mean, uh, things have been going so well. Or it's just too much. I'm too mad now. I just too can't much. deal with this too right. much. I mean, either way, there's always a valid reason the mind comes up with to not do this on the front end. I mean, quote unquote valid. <laughs> quote unquote valid. Well, it's valid for the mind's MO is to mm -hmm. maintain the status quo. I just don't want to be uncomfortable. I right. don't want to disrupt things. And the idea, the possibility that this relationship can end altogether threatens my primary need, which is to latch on to something, right? It's that codependency that trumps everything. Well, could it be codependency or if you have children or, okay, you know, you've totally. built this life for years. What if, I mean, you absolutely love the life you're living and you don't want to rock right, that. I don't want to ruin it. This is going to ruin everything. Why would I, this one piece, which yes, as much as it's true to me and- It's got a lot of weight, but is it worth- Is it worth this? Like, the can possible I, crush. Can I sacrifice this one part in order to salvage? Absolutely. But again, it's like, it, it ends up becoming like this one ingredient. Like you have this perfect cake you're making and then someone drops a boogie in it. And, That's disgusting. <laughs> but then you don't know where it is. It's you have to. You kind of have to throw out the whole cake at that point. You're not going to be like, yeah, well, I don't know where it is. <laughs> so you're just like, we can't. We just ha It sucks, but we have to start over again. That's gross. But the whole thing is there's a possibility that you can be okay with it. Mm -hmm. If I just section this off and you think you're just sectioning off, cutting off a branch, you don't realize you're cutting off part of your root system right. if it really goes that deep. So how does this look? All right, we're talking okay. about this very theoretically here, but what does this look like when you start seeing this potion of poison? How does it show up in relationships? I think there's a shutdown, like someone goes silent and they shut down and possibly as a result, they stop going to this person for this and then they seek out. A lot of this is. You would like examples. Sure. How about emotional needs, emotional connection? If it's not happening and in a relationship then the emotional shutdown and connection between a couple would happen. Someone goes silent, but then starts reaching out to friends and starts connecting emotionally to friends. And it goes back to that one person can't be your everything. Like don't put expectations. 
They can't be every spoke in your wheel. And you don't want them to be every spoke right. in the wheel. And you don't want to put that on somebody. Don't <clears> mind. <throat> there are, I know plenty of actual marriages where they don't want this partner to have other friends. That's a strange one. It's an insecurity. It's a codependency. Right. So if you start leaking your energy, if your energy goes outward, it's that my container is so small. Yeah, I have that thoughts on that. I could have a whole separate on that. But that is a big one. That's a potion of poison. It's a huge one because I don't understand it because if you love a person, you're sharing a life with a person, all you want is for that person to get all the good like you're championing, you're championing, championing the other person in their life, right? Like you're here to support them. And all you want is for them to just, no matter what angle it's coming at, them to get the fullest amount of love and happiness and support. I mean, that's what friends are. <laughs> that's bringing in, that's your life. That's unconditional, right? That's the ideal. That's the way we draw it up, right? Then you can have a pure relationship. That circulation, my goodness. Right. But here's the thing. Most people, you and me included, we're not enlightened beings. There's areas where we need to grow. There's areas that we're disconnected from ourselves. And after 10 years of marriage, there's areas where I don't maybe enjoy or know how to fill myself in certain areas, but you kind of just do naturally. And I just allow you to fill those for me. And you're happy to, because I also do that for you. And so all of a sudden, now I'm dependent on you. It's like a resource. It's like you have all the oil. And now as if you're a country, it's like, I need to be friends with you. I can't mm-hmm. let you be friends with another country because I need that oil. That's where it gets messy. That's codependency. That's codependency. Mm-hmm. That's where when that codependency comes in and codependency leads to pressure and expectations, right? Mm -hmm. That's where those are the ingredients of the potion of poison because that leads to resentment. It leads to pressure. And all of a sudden, if I'm leaning on you to make me feel good about myself or to give me attention, let's just say attention. Right. And you're just like, well, I love Adam. No problem with that. But I also love people in general. And I met someone new and let's just make it really easy right now. Let's say you meet a mother of one of the girl's friends, right? Yeah. I'm not threatened by it. It's not like you met a dude where I'm like, oh, now it kind of threatens. Maybe you're into him. Let's take all that off. Just a reallocation. You meet this woman and you hit it off. And maybe you haven't had a best friend in years. And now you just want to spend time. It's new. It's exciting. You want to explore, right? At that point, you just start hanging out with them more. You're on the phone with them more. You just have inside jokes now. And what happens is you've reallocated your resources and the attention (laughs) that I was kind of leaning on because I don't know how to give myself the attention so I feel full. I'm like, hey, not cool, dude. And now I don't want you. I can't champion your cause anymore because it's affecting me. And that becomes where a lot of these relationships go off, where if you're relying on your partner to make you feel safe even, right? I mean, that's the biggest one. You're just talking one spoke in that whole wheel of relationship, right? Like your example, that's one. There's so many of them. I mean, you could so give. Many. Well, I mean, there's one that I've been talking about recently with people is when, and I can talk about this personally, like my whole life, I felt blank inside. I knew mm. I was boring. It was just boring was at the base of who I was. I was just right. empty and blank and boring. And because of it, I needed to be around people that were high energy. Oh my God, right. Yeah. I needed that. I didn't know how to find the pilot light inside myself, that excitement in myself. So all of a sudden I needed to lean on that. I always needed to be fun too. Do you remember that? Right. I was so scared about all that. of not being exciting, yeah, right. not being fun, not having good stories and good moments. That's all I cared about. I just didn't want someone 
else to think of me as I knew myself, which was a boring nothing of a person. So I went out of my way to try to be not that. Gotcha. And the truth of the matter is no one thinks I'm that boring. I don't think. I mean. But I'm pretty blank inside. <laughs> just kidding with That's you. That's fine. Really, honestly, just kidding. I, I know. I I'm not insecure about fun. it anymore. Okay, good. Because I know <clears throat> now deep down, yes, there is an emptiness in there, but I don't look at it as a void anymore. It's actually quite beautiful yeah, and I love it. you transformed that whole thing, didn't you? I transformed it. Mm-hmm. I found what the essence of that was and I didn't allow my mind to label it as nothingness, as an absence, as a void, but actually as this massive spaciousness. It was like a womb for me, right? And as a place to reset and to replenish and to go as a home base. Right. And from there, I can get fed and come out and then engage in the world. But you could also be the womb for everybody else. Well, and I'm just thinking about it. You kind of are. Find it as what strength, what it offers. Yeah, you're a safe place. But to here's the thing. People. I still don't, because I have that kind of blankness inside, there's no real personality or form that is within me that I kind of have to be. Right. Because of that, I'm not much of a initiator. No. Right? If you leave me, I'm like a a Toy Story doll. Like you leave me alone. I just drop. Like there's just nothing in me and I'm fine with that. Once I became fine with that. But in that sense, if I can be okay with that and say you were the same way, it would be hard for us to get together because I'm looking for excitement. You're looking for excitement. We actually might get together originally because I'm trying to be exciting. You're trying to be excited. Like, let's have fun. Let's jump out of a plane. And we're like, yeah. But then when we kind of sit on the couch together, we're just like, Hmm. And then I'm like, she thinks I'm boring. I got to be excited. And then, or you're like, he's kind of boring because you're going to get bored with me because you don't know how to create excitement yourself. Gotcha. So there's a codependency. Right. And in that sense. But that's not the case. (laughs) So, but that's my point. When there's that codependency, when you're leaning on someone else to be that thing that you haven't learned to honor or own, it makes it really hard to allow that person to be free. So like, if you start being exciting with someone else, It's like, ah, no. Right. So it really only works if you're willing to own your own part of it. If you're leaning on someone else, if you need someone else to be your everything, if I need you to give me affection, if I need you to create the fire in my life, if I need you to nourish me, then that's because I have some lack inside. It's the same message all the time. You've got to be able to stand on your own two legs before you decide to get into that relationship. Because even when you get into that relationship, it's weakened a little bit. Like you're not standing anymore. You're leaning into each other, Mm -hmm. right? So So if you don't go back and, right, you need to make sure that you are still connected to your portion of the root system. Absolutely. That's everything. Otherwise, if you don't feed into that, it becomes lopsided. And then all of a sudden one root system is like, I'm doing all the work here or I'm doing your work and I don't like that. And then all of a sudden you get passive aggressive and then you start rejecting the person. Oh, I just feel pressure. I feel this person always wants something from me. I got to get out of here. I need space. Right. So you start outsourcing things. You start, again, like you're saying, you get passive aggressive or if you start getting bored with someone or. Well, passive aggressive or silent. They're the same mm-hmm, thing, same but they're thing. just on right. opposing. One person just completely blocks it out. And one person, it comes out sideways. Right. But then you start trying to plant new seeds in other areas. Right. And that's where you start now compromising the root system of what you're trying to grow together. But what do they look like? So we talked about the shutdown. I gave the example for the shutdown. It's your turn. What else are possible? Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, people will generally either get angry mm-hmm. and then start just being pissed off and they'll just be in a toxic relationship and complain about it right. all the time. They'll yes. just talk shit to others, right? So just, or they'll be like, well, this is poisoned. Like this sucks and I'm out. Either they'll just start cheating because they don't want to disrupt it. They're too afraid to leave it. So they'll just start cheating or just never hanging out or just completely living a separate life. Or they say, 
they get a divorce. Right. Well, it's the large, quickest solution. It's the quickest. <laughs> and there's got to be a large percentage of divorces that never had to get there. They didn't explore. They weren't willing to explore it together. They weren't willing to explore because it's hard. Like, all right, let's call it quits. All right. So that takes us to like, then what's the solution? Like, what's the magic seed here? How do you get around that? Like we've explained it. We know why now it gets there. Well, to me, what I was saying earlier is how do you create a consciousness around it? Recognize the repetitive thought, right? So this thought keeps on coming up. We talked about earlier. Oh, that's a once and done thing in your mind. Okay, that goes away. But then what about the things that stick so or it keeps honoring. on coming into, right? Like, well, Allow take a look yourself. at it. Put your glasses on and take a look at it. Don't be afraid <clears throat> to see what your mind like, would call on deviant or less than or right. pathetic or right. just not right, not mature, not societally acceptable. Like my brother, let yourself to have the thought. What would happen if I slammed on the gas right now? <laughs> right. Like it's a thought. You can decide well, that's not going to serve more than anything. once, right? right. Once you're like, okay, that's coming from somewhere. What I want to dive in. Now I'm still not going to take action on it because I don't want to no. create. I don't want to create that. Right. But what's Look going on? It. Am I not being free? Like, is there something in me that feels like I'm too restricted? Right. And I just want to feel this urge to like, just do something that's off the grid. I want to color outside the lines. Ah, uh-huh. well, instead of mowing someone down in a crosswalk or <laughs> instead of cheating, saying I want to cheat or I want to take up some crazy new adventure or whatever, you might say, you know what? That doesn't seem like I'm really growing anything there. So instead, what are some options? I want to explore this. What's a way I can feel free that doesn't destroy my life but still allows an outcome? While this is happening, I think a real, real magic seed here is to keep the partner informed. Like keep that regardless of what the results, how scary it is. I think it's even if it's just a slow drip of truth, let yourself have a voice even if it's going to just rock the system, but ask your partner if they're willing to explore this with you. Like, hey, this might come out a little weird and sideways, but I really have to talk with you. We have to have an open communication about this. That's scary. It's scary to admit that this is a recurring thought and it's even scarier to approach the partner. So basically what you're saying is you have to be willing to rock the foundation on the front end before any action has been taken, because then it's just an idea. And be willing to rock it on the front end versus allowing it to happen, not controlled on the back end. Sideways. And if you're going to do that, then before this even gets there, going into a relationship, create a safe place for both partners to express anything. What does that safe place look like? It looks like you're allowed to have any feeling, any boundary, not expectation, but any uh, desire, any want, any need, anything that's acceptable, anything that's unacceptable. Like you can lay out what is inside you. Right. And then be say from that place, let's talk about this together. Even if it's a little threatening to one person, the other person's like, that's kind of threatening to me. Right. How can we find a way that this, we can explore this and give it some light. We can kind of nurture it and see if there is a path for this, an appropriate path, an acceptable path for both of us that simultaneously allows the free expression while not compromising the integrity of what you're trying to grow. Right. And there's no rules to that. There's no right or wrong to that, I should say. It's something you come up with together. But when you can explore it on the front end, when it's just an idea, if you can be secure enough to realize, I want to work through this with you. Like I'm like, Laura, I want to cut off my arms. I just really want to do it. And you're like, I don't Sounds good. I'll do it for you. That is the silliest <laughs> example. I don't think I've ever used an analogy. That's worse. If I said, Laura, I want to- Be real. Be, I need something exciting. You know, this has gotten a little stale. I need something exciting. I need something exciting. Still, I want to have more women in our relationship. Right. 
and you're going to be like, oh my God. It's like, hey, I'm just spitballing right. here. But you have to expect spitfiring. Spitf- I don't know. Maybe both. You're a spitfire. You have to allow space for me to flip out like totally. that. Totally. Yes. Then you're going to be like, oh my mm. God, I knew I couldn't trust you. But and you it's have like- to allow space for me to walk away and have my own processing time. And you have to give me time. So there right. is a system. <clears throat> right? Like If you can come up with a systematic approach it can help you avoid the pitfalls because most of the time you bring this stuff up, it's going to be very charged. Uh It's going to create a lot of emotions. And if you can have a plan of action, something to follow, a format, it can guide you through this type of stuff and actually be productive with it. That's what a therapist is. That's what therapy is. That's That's what what counseling is. Totally. That's counseling. Yeah. But there is a process. There is a way to do it. And like you're saying, there's kind of a an approach. We take more of a global step where a therapist might be more in the nooks and crannies of it. Sure. When I'm working with couples, it's making sure that you can see by the charge that's there or the idea that's there or where they're at in the process. It becomes very obvious thinking about the seasons and that universal cycle there. You can just kind of sense what's needed next. Right. Like you said, like <clears throat> Oh, I put an apple on your tree. I said, Laura, I want to bring women into our relationship. Right. I have to give you time to process that apple. Right. You might say, ew, ah, this apple is terrible. It's terrible. I'm like, oh, just sit with it. I think you're going to like this apple. <laughs> like, no, how dare you even offer me this apple? How disrespectful it is. And it's to realize, oh, once you've been given a harvest, once a harvest comes to fruition, you have to determine maybe the first time around you're not ready to eat it. So I have to let you get mad about it, get upset about it, be offended, right? You release it. You have your autumn release of just letting the emotion, letting the charge It's not going to last forever. It will run its course. Right. And then you'll end up in your winter. Then I have to give you space just to like, you don't want to engage at that point. You're not ready to create with me. Right. But when you're not charged, now you can actually contemplate it. Right. Right. You can't contemplate it as soon as it's offered to you. The contemplation comes when the charge is gone. Then after you contemplate it, you come back to me and you say, okay, I've had time. I thought about it and no, I'm not there. So we need to discuss this or, well, what would that look like? Whatever it is, again, there's no right or wrong, but that's the process. Mm -hmm. My counseling, it's letting, making sure we keep things in the proper order. So you're not trying to think about it when you're in an autumn. You're not like putting a plan into action when there's still a charge around it. Right. If you keep that aligned, you can continue to evolve and grow, even if what you're doing isn't perfect and it's not right and it's not going to be the final answer. Right. You need to just keep your cycles running through so you can grow and evolve until you come up with a solution that does create something that is acceptable right. for all parties. And there will be relationships that when the truth comes out, and I'm sure there's a fair percentage of relationships right now that have been going on for years, decades, that if they were truly being honest with each other, the reasons they got together, what was driving it initially are completely gone. Right. They haven't evolved in the same direction. Or they started on what they thought it was. It wasn't. What am I right. It was for? they got together <clears throat> thinking like one person presented one way. It was kind of a false advertising. Something like that. Right. And then you find out years later that wasn't really true. That's who you presented as. That's who you wanted to be. Right. But now that things have leveled out, who you really are is this. And if that's who you really or, are, that's how they presented. Or it could be what you dreamt up personally. Totally. To be, right. Like, I, was like, I was told you from the get go who I was. Yeah. But you thought you could change me. <laughs> right. I thought I could change you or I created this figure. This is a God. Mm -hmm. He is wonderful. He's on a pedestal. And then like, as time goes on and I become more secure in myself or then it'd be different reason. Once you bring this stuff to the surface, holding space for it is essential, right? Where it's a safe place to be allowed to harbor any thought 
Maybe a vast majority of those thoughts, they're just, it's a phase and you figure out another way, another outlet for it that's acceptable and easier. And there are some that just go away. But if there are some that are just there and they stay there, right? then you guys might realize that we really don't want the same things. We're not a fit. Yeah, we don't want to, have gone through our root yeah. systems don't want to conjoin because I want to go in one direction, you want to go another. So why are we conjoining? Right. And that's a tough. But, but that's okay. That's allowing each other okay. to express their own. What's the alternative? Self. The alternative is you live it out. You're like, well, screw it. We're, we've decided right. we're going to not together. And then well, you die. That's not acceptable. Marriage is forever. That's easy to say. And you and I have always said that. If it's not supporting who I am and it's not supporting who you are, then we could call it quits. But not everybody. When you get into marriage. That's fine. But then you have mm. to be fluid and flexible, right? You have to be willing to change the parameters, to change the rules of engagement because people are growing. I mean, the, on a physical level, right? Your 50, 70 trillion cells in your body are growing and dying. You're, we're in Absolute, constant flux. Constant change. But our minds are, get so crystallized. And it's like, I want our relationship to be the same way it was 40 years ago. No. Right, not, right. It's just like, you might have a new beginning, but it needs to be organic to where it is. And as much as it might upset your mind to see what that is, you need to be aligned to the to moment. It has to evolve, right. It has to evolve. If it's not evolving, it's dying or it's getting stale. So that's the point. If you're not renewing cycles, if you're not letting things die down so you can come back to the real moment, it's a foregone conclusion. Absolutely. Like you'll suffocate it. Right. So, okay. I'm not sure we said anything today. The magic seed. I think, I mean, I just talked about how there needs to be a communication. Create. Like create that safe spot. Well, that pause for everybody. Bottom line is, I think the ultimate magic seed, and there's so many magic seeds around I it. I think there the are. The other magic yeah. seed is, it's so important. It's essential to rock the foundation on the front end. Right. Because it's a safe rock then. Uh -huh. Now, the implications, yes, you have to always be willing to realize if it's not something you can work out, if there's no connection whatsoever, then yeah, something will die. If there's no connection, it won't sustain. Right. But if you can be willing, if it's safe, if you guys agree that it's okay to bring things up that agitate the soil on the front end, you can save a marriage. Yeah. And not only to save it, you can let it evolve and grow into something that feeds both people. Right. Like you can create your own. Like Start manifesting. Start seeing what you need to do. It's hard work and you might not get it right the first 10 times, but little by little you find something that works for both of you. And it's kind of cool because then you're building together or you decide to go separate ways, which gives you a chance to be fulfilled right. finally. And so be willing to rock your foundation a little bit, but create a safe place for it on the front end versus kicking the can down the road and waiting for it to blow up unexpectedly right. when it can really ruin lives yes. and really take years off of what you're trying to build and could yes, forget about it. It's just children are involved. Right. And it's just like so many times people <clears throat> say, well, I don't want to leave because I don't want to do it to children. And then there's that counter argument, like, what are well, you what teaching your you? children? Well, what about you? Oh. Yes. But like, and what are you, what are you modeling? Children? Absolutely. You're literally modeling dysfunction. And, and so your kids will grow up the same way. Yeah. And if you do it model. consciously, you can use it as a tool for growth for your children. Right. Well, it's a real thing and it happens. And if they can see two individuals, even though it's their parents, they're not just individuals, but they can see their parents approach it a certain way. They might get so much more out of that yeah. than seeing passive aggressivity and how to be disconnected in a marriage. I think we've extended our time here. And exhausted our time. So let us know any questions you have. Let us know what this brings up for you. Let us know where you guys are at in your process. Uh, we'll put out a meditation kind of surrounding this magic seed and right. what it takes and what it requires and how to kind of set your conscious awareness to that place to start training the mind to be okay with navigating through life on this plane. And so until next week, nothing but love to you guys. Stay cool.